The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that silently spreads, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. I don't know if we're going to take it back. It's been an interesting week. Jeff Bennett here for the National Intel Report. Tonight's installment of Protecting Your Wealth. It has been an interesting week. You know, the tax package uh, finally got passed. Of course, none of the Democrats voted for it. A few Republicans voted against it. But it passed. Uh, the House went on to the Senate. The Senate had to send it back to the House because there were a couple of oddball issues that they procedurally didn't do correct. They sorted it out. The Senate passed it. Up Chucky Schumer, all he did was whine and moan and groan about what a bad deal it was. Let me tell you something. Anytime the government does anything, it's a bad deal. That's my opinion. The next thing, of course, took place is uh, once again, twice, I think, in the last 30 days, Congress has passed a bill to fund the government through January the 19th. And you know what that does? Not only puts us further in debt, that's number one, but number two, it ensures that they don't have to keep working through Christmas, which is just as well, because the last time I recall Congress working through the Christmas holiday, as it were, the Federal Reserve System was signed into uh, law, as it were, on December the 23rd. <laughs> Yeah, a long time ago. How are you tonight? Markets, we're going to get through it. i got a lot to cover tonight. Oh, I do apologize for not being here on Tuesday. I'm still not totally out of this. I've got an amazingly sore shoulder, and this is on top of some junk that's going on through our house, which I'm sure got picked up through the schools, and I'm still feeling punky. Can't function a lot. Dow Jones Industrial closed up today nearly 56 points at 24.82. S&P 500 up 5 and 3 5.3 at 26.84. The Nasdaq up another four and a half points to close at 69.65. Oil? Oh yeah, baby, it's off 20 cents today. How exciting. I do notice the prices at the pump have gone down a little bit over the last week, but don't wait for that to stick around for too long. Global Dow is up uh, a point and three quarters at 3,079. It's been a number of weeks since I've even looked at that figure. How astonishing. We are in the aftermarkets as far as the precious metals are concerned, which means they've moved all the way around to probably Seoul, Korea or someplace like that. Uh, I don't know where it goes once it closes in New York. I, I'm assuming Seoul is about the right place. But uh, gold uh, 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 down in the aftermarket at uh, down a dollar fifteen currently at twelve sixty six. 
Silver is flat at $16 and roughly 15 cents an ounce. The other metals, uh, what do they do today? Rhodium flat, $1,530. Palladium off a dollar at $1,028 an ounce. Platinum down two bucks at $9.14. I'm sorry, $900, $914. Yeah, that's what kind of a day I'm having. A couple of quick headlines we've got over at KettleMarinePreciousMetals.com, and they've been up there for a couple of days. I've not had a chance to get back and do any new posting. Why a Roth IRA conversion might be even smarter next year. And this a lot has to do with the new tax plan. So you want to take a look at that article and then follow through. There's a couple of links that will take you to the GoldenIRA.com. It is a website we developed some years ago, the only site of its type that is exclusive in this nation. It is separate from Kettlerine Precious Metals, but obviously there's a tie-in. Um, question, has the housing market recovered? Ask the 1.4 million homeowners even to this day that are still underwater, my friends. And guess what? It's not a good thing to look at. Not one bit at all. You know, as I develop these programs each day to put on, and I'll be talking fairly rapidly tonight. I've got a lot to get through. I constantly see headlines, get government out of, get government out of, get government out of, get government out of health care, get government out of the public education system. And here's another one that they're an absolute abysmal failure at. Get government out of the welfare business. And I mean now. I am sick and tired of paying for every low-life scumbucket that just frankly wants to survive off of my pocketbook. Well, my pocketbooks are, you know, my pockets are a little thin as it is. I don't need anybody else draining off of me. Because you see, fighting, fighting poverty is a favorite pastime of government because politicians get to portray themselves as champions of the poor and yet the unfortunate few tend to be far fewer in number when aid is extended privately instead of through tax-funded programs you see government bureaucracies they actually benefit from welfare programs coercion is used to acquire the revenue or taxes to finance welfare programs and as evidenced by the commission it retains prior to redistributing this wealth Government bureaucracies are one of the beneficiaries of said programs and thus highly incentivized to claim a perpetual need for these programs. Now, up in Canada, the number of federal government welfare program employees increased by 43% between 2006 and 2012, which serves the interest of politicians and bureaucrats to create or impose a culture of dependency. As Murray Rothbard wrote at one time, he stated, since welfare families are paid proportionately to the number of their children, the system provides an important subsidy for the production of more children. Furthermore, the people being induced to have more children are precisely those who can afford it the least, and the result can only be to perpetuate their dependence on welfare and, in fact, to develop generations who are permanently dependent on the welfare roles. Economist Thomas Sowell stated that the black family, which has survived centuries of slavery and discrimination, 
began rapid dis- rapidly disintegrating in the liberal welfare state that subsidized unwed pregnancy and changed welfare from an emergency rescue to a way of life. Of course, the government exacerbates the problem that it's supposedly trying to solve. But let me share with you for a moment why private aid is considerably more superior to public aid. If we draw on the work of David Beto, historian Hildegard Holler describes the presence of decentralized systems of mutual aid. She says, regardless of where they came from, the members of nearly all ethnic and national groups erected formidable networks of individual and collective self-help for protection. These social welfare systems fell into two broad categories, hierarchical and reciprocal relief. Well, while hierarchical relief was often bureaucratic, Vieto noted, reciprocal relief tended to be decentralized. It was spontaneous, informal. The donors and recipients were likely to be from the same or near the same walks of life. Today's recipients could be tomorrow's donor. In his book, From Mutual Aid to the Welfare State, Beato wrote, Reciprocal relief was far more prevalent than either government or private relief. It is most basic expression was informal giving. The countless and unrecorded acts of kindness from neighbors, fellow employees, relatives, and friends. The self-help and informal neighborly arrangements created by the poor themselves dwarfed the efforts of formal social welfare agencies. Well, we could go on and on and on, but the fact of the matter is that there's a big difference between those who are incapable of supporting themselves and those who are capable but unwilling. If you fall into the latter group, you are undeserving of assistance, a concept that a 10-year-old could understand. And yet socialists are aghast at such a statement. It is not for us to assess personal character and habits, they say. When a person says they are in need, we must automatically open our wallets. But we must never judge, which, by the way, simply means to express an opinion. As William Gardner unhappily noted in his book, The Trouble with Canada, still, Canada's National Council of Welfare deplores any effort to distinguish between the deserving and the undeserving poor. Is reform possible? I would say, my friends, that in this modern society today, the way we do things, I would say reform is impossible. We have raised multiples generations of people on the public dole. How are you ever going to break it? Why is it that you've got such a small number, an exceedingly small number of black families that have both a mother and a father? They seem more interested in dipping their wick and having a good time and booking on down the road. And we wind up raising their children. No different than the whole factor with the illegal invasion. Those that come here and drop all these anchor babies that we are now supposed to go ahead and allow 800,000 of them just to stay here. And, 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 and uh, you know, with DACA. Well, I read a report the other day that shows what that is going to actually cost us because of the chain migration that they're going to be able to start bringing more people in. It is going to be unbelievable. You and I are going to pay for that. In one form or another, you and I are going to pay for that. I am tired of paying for everyone else and their sob stories. That's what they are, folks. Let us move forward. 
Maybe we'll return to the issue. Maybe we won't. Let's talk about some simple things. I want to share one little piece with you that that I don't know if we're doing it or not. It is a piece that I am now posting with every program description that I send to our producer. He subsequently posts that stuff in our programming description. Now, whether he is posting this other segment or not, I do not know because I don't know the space um, ramifications. I don't know what we have to work with. And I've shared this with you before, but I'm going to continue to share it with you. I'm going to give you five simple, easy lessons about gold. Don't buy it because you need to make money. Buy it because you need to protect the money you already have. Secondly, don't look at price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. And my friends, today, where the markets are, is a marvelous incentive. I've spoken with many, many people over the last couple of weeks. And they were excited. Some have moved, some have not. Some have still waiting for funds to come in to juggle and all sorts of things. One guy was prepared to do something and then he started to hesitate. Well, what happens if it goes down further? Well, my only answer to that would be what happens if it starts to go the other direction? Which it did. And then it came back down. It's okay. Take advantage. We are so close to the bottom that I don't try to... I'm going to tell you one thing about buying gold. You will never pick the exact bottom, and you will never pick the exact top. It, it is impossibility. If you do, it'll be pure luck. Number three, don't buy gold's paper pretenders. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion and bars and rounds and things of that nature. Fourth, do not fall prey to glitzy television ads, because that's what they are. Do your due diligence instead, and we hope that you will, number one, come to Kettle Marine Precious Metals on our website for some of that due diligence. I received some occasional mails. Well, I notice you don't have prices on there. Typically, when I'm asked that question, it's someone who's never bought gold or silver before. I don't have the money to put the program on that website that it takes to give me second-by-second-by-second second second updates. Because you can be looking at the price of a coin for three minutes, or a, a, a gold piece, or a silver piece, and it'll change on you 17 times. Okay? And by the time you pick up the phone to call, it's going to have changed again. It's that simple. You get generalities, is what you get. You have no guarantees until the moment I lock it in with our suppliers. I'm not a coin shop. I'm not taking orders based on what I've got sitting in the shelf in the back closet. I develop your portfolio, your holdings, your acquisitions based on what your needs are, what your beliefs are, what your structure is. Don't fall for these ads on television. I've had people go buy some of these gold buffalo coins that aren't even an ounce of gold. They're gold-plated silver rounds. Okay? Gold-plated. Why do you think you can buy them for 19 bucks a copy, people? Wake up. Reason number five, do not allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interest as you see fit. Buy gold and buy it today. 
Now, having laid that groundwork, let's talk a little bit about goal for 2018. What do we think it's going to do? Oh, I get those calls every day. Well, Jeff, what do you think gold's going to do? It's going to do one of two things. It's going to go up or it's going to go down. Most assuredly, the dollar will continue to go down. Look, gold is for wealth preservation. Silver is for everyday currency and everyday transactions. That's how you have to look at it. We will see money, which is gold, return to the monetary system in our lifetime. We will see silver being used as currency in our lifetime. I believe that cryptocurrencies may well make this possible. I believe cryptocurrencies are awakening people in ways that the cabal and the oligarchs and the globalists, whatever you want to call them, in ways that they never thought possible. Or maybe they're involved with it. 2018 could be a year for gold and silver unlike any we have seen in some years. Both, I believe, will move higher in a sustained fashion throughout all of 2018. And this momentum will carry both metals forward into 2019, where we will see even higher achievements being reached by both metals. Why am I so confident? It's simple. Excuse my language, but nature's a bitch, and she is P.O.'d. Natural economic laws have not been forgiven. Natural economic laws have not been overturned. We will see the rise of commodities like copper, Another metal that I happen to carry through Kettle Marine Precious Metals. But we're also going to see other commodities like zinc and steel in 2018 that may well go to unprecedented levels, all of which will help drive the other precious metals. Oh, you don't think that copper and zinc and steel are precious? Oh, yeah, I think they are in so many respects. But they're not considered that way on Wall Street. But the other determining factor was something we call sound money. Cryptocurrencies have captured the imagination of millions of people around the world. And these people were never interested in currency or money before. They've been asking questions for most of the second half of 2017, and now they're better educated about currency and money than at any time in their life. And this knowledge base will bring a significant percentage of people to the precious metals in time. Real money, real wealth. Not all of them have to become educated. Not all of them that have become educated will move into precious metals, but enough people that we will see a sea change in the precious metals market. And by the end of 2018, a year from now, when some of the more draconian efforts by governments around the world are unleashed, people will begin to understand the true nature of decentralized off-grid and money and currency. Of course, there's also the technical side of the market. The last few days have reconfirmed by commitment for a much higher gold price in 2018. We're making higher lows for the year. We're making lower lows for the year. But these recent behaviors tend to make us nervous, according to Daniele Camboni. But something very telling happened in the last week or so. Last Thursday, an interview was given where it stated on Tuesday we had a short covering rally. Wednesday there was a $10,000 contract increase in December. That's very unusual. That is an over 2.3% increase in open interest. 
the point being stressed is that gold is now back in a safe area between 1250 and 1275 an ounce. The $1,700 call, I believe, in is going to come to fruition if gold gets above 1275. Our writer says, I'll double down on the momentum bet. Gold prices rose last Friday. They were set for their first weekly gain in four weeks as uncertainty over the passage of the U.S. tax reform pushed the dollar to a nine-day low against the yen. Spot gold was up 0.4% at 1257.76 at that time, set for a weekly gain of 0.8%. U.S. gold futures were 0.3% higher at $1,260.50 an ounce at that time. And so if we combine the education regarding currencies and money, that which people have received in 2017 with the technical aspects that traders seek to make decisions, and then we throw on top of that what Jeffrey Christian has recently said, we've got a trifecta showing the metals, not just moving higher, but moving enough to get people's attention. And sometimes, that's what it takes. I want to share a story with you. I I don't mention names because I have the need to protect the integrity and the privacy of, of a client. I received a phone call. No. I received an email over last weekend and we began to go back and forth with a series of emails and in his description he shared with me his background number one he's been an ardent listener of RBN Um, he shared with me a little bit about his background he is a retired jeweler at one time owned a jewelry store has a considerable amount of knowledge as relates to metals as the metals relate to jewelry manufacture marketing whatever the case may be keeping in mind that very little jewelry is ever 24 karat pure it's 14 it's 18 karat you need some hardeners in there so the jewelry won't bend easily and it'll hold up and be it a ring or a necklace whatever the case may be And we went back and forth, and he finally made some commitments to me. He wanted to start out. He had a figure he wanted to use. Um, As we went back and forth, he finally said, okay, I want uh, uh, about 10 ounces of gold, and I want to do this in silver. Told him, of course, there was nothing I could do until early Monday morning, which I did. And I emailed him right away. He and I spoke for a moment. And then I emailed him some final figures. Funding was complete within an hour. I wired the funds out to our supplier, and shipping commenced the next day. So within a matter of about 27 hours from the time he placed his order, his order was on the way to him. This is the way I like to conduct business. I cannot always do it for one reason or another. Uh, in this particular case, the client made a, a direct deposit into our account, which um, the funds cleared. Actually, they, they cleared Monday night at midnight. And once they clear, I was able to wire the funds out uh, Tuesday morning. 
and Tuesday afternoon is when they shipped. I had another circumstance like that this week. A, a, a personal client of mine I've, I've handled for some years um, came to me and called up and said, I want to see if we can replicate what we did last month. And not only was I able to replicate it, I was able to get him additional silver for the same dollar amount. And uh, I absorbed 2 or $3 to you know, ensure he got one additional ounce of silver. It was not a big deal. Um, he did the direct deposit. Uh, I wired the funds out, and he did that yesterday. He placed the order. He was on the way to the bank to do the deposit. Bang, got the funds in, rewired them back out, rewired the appropriate amount back out immediately. And uh, uh, it, it went out late enough that I'm sure I'll get shipping notification in the morning, and his product will ship tomorrow. This is the way we like to do things. Now, there are occasions when people need to liquidate, and they need to sell. They need to raise funds for whatever it is they're involved with. And I had a situation earlier this month with some long-term clients of ours that that uh, needed to liquidate a wide range of odd different pieces of gold and silver, etc. Unfortunately, um, the company we chose to liquidate with has been ungodly slow in the release of the funds. Um, apparently who they've sold it to, they have a different working relationship with and they shipped it to the guy and they had to wait for his check to come in. They had to wait a couple of days for the check to clear, which is frankly all garbage anyway. Um, I don't have those kind of situations. If you typically mail me a check for a purchase, I got to be honest with you. I, I have that check cleared in six, eight hours, hours, not days, not not 10 days, not 14 days, nothing. It's the nature of the relationship I have with the bank. I've had this same account for, I opened this particular account in 1996. And if I walked into the bank this afternoon at 4 o'clock and deposited your personal check, that check would clear my account just after midnight. Those funds would be liquid. I'd be in a position to handle those funds, and get them paid out to our suppliers the next day. That's the expediency that we like to see. Once in a while, for one reason or another, things will slow up a little bit. But this is how we like to do things. So do keep that in mind. And When you're ready to purchase gold, silver, platinum, copper, I'm going to do a program on copper here soon. I, uh, if you go to Kettle Marine Precious Metals, there is, under the asset vault, a section called the copper vault and uh, I may have some updates to do on pricing as a matter of fact I received a notification this afternoon um, and I have not looked to see what the time limit is on it there is a unbelievable buy on two ounce copper rounds right now it is the absolute best buy I've ever seen my supplier put out typically I used to do a lot of one-ounce rounds, um, but this is a two-ounce piece, an amazing design on it. It's got the old, what I call, Incus Indian strike on it. No, you don't read about copper a lot every day, okay? You just don't. But I want you to go in there and read this whole segment, okay? It's uh, it's under the copper vault, under the asset vault, and uh, it is the world's oldest traded monetary metal. Now, once you take a peek at this, it's um, quite unique. It's quite an interesting story. But just like gold and silver, don't base your designs for acquisition on, oh, but it says that copper is 350 a pound. How come I'm paying, you know, three bucks a coin? 
uh, there's a cost for minting. There's a cost for a lot of stuff like that. Um, we'll take a look at all this stuff. We'll talk about it maybe next week, uh, time allowing. You're going to find it to be an amazing buy, simply amazing buy. Let's see if I can find something here that I shut down a few moments ago. Come on, come on. Here we go. That's not it. That's not it. Oh, well, I, I will find it while we're at break uh, because I, I think you're going to find it simply amazing. Um, here we go. These things normally would sell for $5 and some odd cents a piece. These are two-ounce copper rounds in either the um, uh, the old Walking Liberty half-dollar design or the old Buffalo nickel design. No, that's a five-ounce piece. Sorry about that. Um, great stuff. Here's another. Yeah, here's the Incus Indian piece. I can pick these things up for three bucks a piece for you. Three dollars a piece. It's a two-ounce copper piece. I believe the day is going to come that that silver is going to price us and be more interesting. So let's take a look at some stuff like this. This sale is not going to be up forever, though. We'll find out how long. We'll let you know. Take a look at it. Give us a call. We'll be back after the break. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. My friends, I uh, strangely enough at the uh, at the break, I've got somebody calling me right now from a uh, uh, looks like an eight oh eight area code. If you are out there listening, I cannot answer the phone while I'm on the air. This is not a brokerage firm in the normal sense of the of, of the word. I don't have 20, 30, 40 people sitting here answering the phones because typically if you begin dealing with a company like that, you're going to be dealing with a company that will just as easily start dialing for dollars a couple of times a week and drive you up a wall. Now, I got a couple of questions for you. All this discussion about Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies and everything else, I, I've noticed some interesting things going on with my computer over the last several months. And something came to me several days ago that makes me begin to suspect something very unusual. But think about how your computer has been performing over the last few months. Has your computer been crypto-jacked? 
I mean, folks, nothing comes for free, especially online. Websites and apps that don't charge you for their services are often collecting your data or bombarding you with advertising. Now, some sites have found a new way to make money from you, using your computer to generate virtual currencies. There are several video streaming sites. The popular file-sharing network, the Pirate Bay, have allegedly been crypto-jacking their users' computers in this manner, as has the free Wi-Fi provider in a Starbucks cafe in Argentina. Now, users may object to this, especially if it slows down their computers. But given how hard it is for most companies to make money from online advertising, it might be something we've got to get used to, unless we want to start paying more for things. Units of cryptocurrency, such as Bitcoin, are not created by a central bank like regular money, but are generated or mined by computers solving complex equations. Crypto jacking involves using someone's computer without their knowledge, maybe just for seconds at a time. The purpose? To mine a cryptocurrency. Now, in the case of Bitcoin, mining requires specialized hardware, consumes masses of energy. For example, each Bitcoin transaction takes enough energy to boil about 36,000 kettles filled with water. And so in a year, the whole Bitcoin mining network consumes more energy than the country of Ireland. But Bitcoin's not the only show in town. There's many competing cryptocurrencies. Now, this is not a negative commentary on Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. This is something new that's going on. So how do you tell if your computer's been crypto-jacked? Well, crypto-jacking involves the secret use of your computer to mine for currency, as we've just mentioned. Hidden mining software may be embedded in an ad using JavaScript code. Hackers have even found ways to inject the scripts into websites like PolitiFact and Showtime. And they're mining money for themselves off of another site's traffic. You see, it's common for the code to run on the website without the user ever noticing it. Users who've been hit by crypto jackers often complain of a slower internet connection, slower processing speeds, and it can also drain a computer's battery much faster than normal. So if you're running in a battery mode on your laptop or something, keep real careful note. Now, if you want to prevent your computer from being crypto jacked, you need a software tool which checks the code as it runs, maybe an ad blocker. And one of the most successful is a company called Monero. Monero builds a degree of privacy into transactions, something Bitcoin does not do. It currently requires no specialized hardware for mining, so anyone with computing power to spare can mine it. Mining usually takes the form of a competition. Whichever computer solves the equation the fastest is rewarded with the money. With Moreno and other similar cryptocurrencies, a pool of computers can work together. They can share the reward if they win the competition, which allows individual computers to work on a just a small part of the mining task. The larger the pool, the more chance there is of winning, winning the reward. And when a computer is crypto-jacked, it's added to a pool. To, for the purpose of working on the task. Now, JavaScript advertisements running on a website can enable a computer 
to be cryptojacked. And when a computer is cryptojacked, it is added to a pool for miners to work on the task. The mining is done at little cost to the website or internet provider, but can take up a great deal of processing power on your computer, which is often done using a commercially available piece of software like CoinHive. CoinHive, which can be written into what looks like an ad using the common website language of JavaScript. And as the ad runs in the background, the computer is added to the pool, which means the website or the Internet provider doing the crypto jacking can mine cryptocurrency with little or no cost to themselves. Here's the estimate. There's an estimate that 220 of the top 1,000 websites in the world are conducting crypto jacking, making a total of $43,000 over a three-week period. It may not be very much, but the file-sharing sites in particular have been searching for new business models in order to support their operations. And crypto jacking could grow into a new income source. But the problem with the computer's owner is, as we mentioned, it takes up processor power, making other operations take so much longer. Now, Pirate Bay users have complained that their processors have been using up to 85% of their capacity compared with less than 10% for normal operations. And this can all be accompanied by a large battery drain, as we've mentioned. The Pirate Bay has since said this high processor usage was a bug and that the system should normally use between 20 and 30% of processing power. CoinHive strongly advises the websites that deploy it that they should inform users that they're being crypto-jacked. Yeah, but come on, they're not going to do that. But you see, it's common for the code to run without the users realizing it, without any way to opt out of it. If you want to prevent your computer from being crypto-jacked, you need a software tool which checks the code as it runs, as I mentioned, like Adblocker. But you might feel that allowing a site to use a little bit of your computer's processing power is a better alternative to being bombarded with advertising. Whatever you do, you're likely going to end up paying for free services somehow. Don't kid yourself. It is interesting because I've noticed over the last, oh, six, seven months, the intense, absolutely intense amount of uh, advertising uh, and, and the, the, the pop-up ads. It's just become deplorable to me. And, and, and these are what I refer to as exceedingly reliable sites to begin with. But the fact that I'm getting all these pop-up ads, I've got one website I go to that every single time I go there, if I open up an article, it's got a video, bang, that video pops up instantly. So I'm beginning to have some real serious suspicions. It's unreal. Absolutely unbelievable. Our thing we talked about with copper a few moments ago, and I'm not getting into a sales pitch. It's that time of the year. We've all got a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, everybody's down to their last-minute Christmas shopping stuff, blah, 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 blah. But in, in, in doing some quick general comps, if, if you had called me up five days ago and said, I want to buy 500 ounces of copper, 
and I, it's not uncommon for me to sell a complete 500-ounce box for about $625, and those are for one-ounce pieces. But in the two-ounce piece, it would have cost you, uh, let's take a look here. Um, oh, geez, that's insane. You've got to be kidding me. They're getting that much for the two-ounce pieces? That's a ripoff. Just hang on a second. I got. I got to clear this. I got to double check this. Wow. B b b b b b times two hundred and fifty. Oh, but that's insane. In order to get you five hundred ounces worth of copper in the two ounce pieces, that's that's two hundred and fifty copper rounds. I mean, these are beautiful struck. These are not discs. Okay, this is. Pure 999 fine copper. All right? Uh, you're probably looking at around 1400 bucks. Why would you do something like that? I mean, I, I used to be able to get the, you know, the, the, the one-ounce pieces for less than that. I could get the quarter-ounce pieces. But it's insane. I could get a box of 500 one-ounce rounds for, you know, 625 bucks. But they got a hot sale going on right now. And it's a huge, huge savings. So, you know, it's one of those deals that uh, I got to take a look at it. And I take a look at the copper. I, I'm telling you, don't, don't go crazy with stuff like this. If the copper interests you, fine, you give me a call. I got to walk you through an interesting procedure because of, of the way that I have to place my order with these folks. Okay? And it is the mint that's actually, not the U.S. mint, it is the mint that's actually uh, doing these things. So, we do this. We take this times 250, um, $750. That's like 50% off. That's insane. That's a great, great, great buy. That's half off what the normal pricing would be with this stuff. And, uh, yeah, they're available. And you'd have to get funds to me, like, very rapidly. I can't even place an order until the funds are in my hands. So if all of a sudden they go back up, eh, we may wind up getting fewer ounces. But that's something we can talk about another time. If you should have any interest in discussing the copper, gold, silver, platinum, if you need to sell some of your goods off, I'm going to be a little bit more careful about where I go right now. There's some things going on with one of the suppliers that that uh, I've been doing some things with that I'm not real happy with. Um, and I've got almost a 30-year relationship with these people, but I've got it. I can smell the signs that they're using my client's money to handle some other transactions, and I'm not real happy with it. So it's probably the last time we're going to do that with that company for now. I'm happy to buy stuff from them, but I'm not going to make arrangements to sell stuff or to do some bartering with them in that respect. It's not worth it. Your time, your money is worth more to me. Our reputation is worth more. Uh, not only at Kettle Marine, but also at RBN. Kettle Marine, the official precious metals representative for the Republic Broadcasting Network. I can be reached, not while I'm on the air, you can reach me at uh, area code 623-327-1778. The other thing you can do is what this gentleman did the other day. You go to the rbn.org, the republicbroadcasting.org website. In the upper right-hand corner, there's a little uh, link with a silver bullet Click on it. It'll take you to our site. It may take you into the uh, the special offer of the week type site, but don't worry about it. Down uh, 
on the lower right-hand corner of the side of that page is our phone number and email address. Send me an email. I, I many times can respond to an email much more rapidly than I can a, uh, uh, a phone call. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll take care of that. Now, we are obviously not going to be with you until after the holiday. And uh, be next Tuesday, the day after Christmas. Uh, I'm going to assume the network probably won't even be live on Christmas, but that's not my assumption or my call to make. I came across something written by a very interesting man, and it wasn't until I had done several pieces of his and shared them with my uh, with my audiences that that I began to realize who this gentleman was, and it was a profound awakening to me. Some years ago, he wrote. A, a, a truly gifted piece and I want to take these final few moments of the program to share this with you if you were to go to one of my websites right now federalobserver.com and I get into these modes once in a while where I just don't feel like posting an article because sometimes the picture is worth a thousand words and I posted a piece last night. Uh, it is a, com- a composite. It's a photograph of a grandfather walking through a, a beautiful autumn forest with his grandson. And the boy's asking, says, Grandpa, why did the United States fall apart? And Grandpa says, well, you see, Billy, a bunch of small-minded, fearful fools fell victim to groupthink. We're too lazy to do any real research or form any legitimate arguments, so they blamed each other instead of recognizing the true enemy. Well, if you click on the little continue reading button directly below that, it'll take you to a page where you'll see the character, you know, you'll see this photograph once more. But you'll also see a video. Tell me about the good old days. And in so many respects, that's what this article talks about. So many of us can reach deep within ourselves and we can understand every word this man is writing. He begins, there was a time not all that long ago when I loved the holidays more than any time of year. The moment the air felt like fall, visions of pumpkin pie would dance in my head. Leaves bright with colors falling like petals from a sky scented with elm. and Oak fires burning in warm homes filled with family. Halloween was the opening act for Thanksgiving. And the day after Thanksgiving, the search for the tree would begin. And for years, I labored selfishly under the assumption that my own family, my children and my wife felt the same, that they looked forward with the same hope and anticipation as I. And I assumed that the traditions of both our families, my wife's and mine, would carry over to ours, taking from both, creating our own holiday traditions. Sacred recipes, long-held secret, taken out only once a year, placed on the table with the reverence of sacraments. Ornaments from generations before, each with a memory and a story attached, unwrapped as if rare jewels, hung side by side with clay, felt decorations made in kindergarten. For two months, hope Tradition and promise were side by side with abundant tables and family. And I would begin and end each day praying that our sons and our daughter would carry the traditions forward, forward and into the folds of their own families in the years to come. I now know that 
nothing of what I had hoped was ever present in them. That they did not share the same sense of spirit and tradition that I did. I know now that by devoting myself for even two months to the trappings of the past and the bindings of family that I was hanging my own holiday culture of what I believe the family should be on them like an ornament. I know now that I was wrong about all of it and that I may have tarnished whatever good they may have had in their hearts once or ever would for those two days for this season. And so this year... As the last in the years before, I will not mark these days as I once did. I will not awaken with carols on the radio or rejoice at the sight of a pan of perfect cornbread. I will not fly through the malls searching for the one gift I know will please or ply through the rows of fir and spruce and pine for the the tree that might have been our center. I will no longer lie awake in the days and weeks before, barely able to contain my anticipation this year as the last in the years before I will hold it all in my heart keep my own counsel I will not harden my children's hearts with my own selfishness over traditions hopes, dreams and two days in a season that only matter to me this year as the last in the years before I will hope And I will pray for peace in their lives. And that they may one day forgive an old man who was too blind to see, too deaf to hear, and lost in his own way. Wishing everyone a peaceful and hopeful season. This year. And always. That was written in December of 2013 by a man named J. Buck Ford. You would know of his father, Tennessee Ernie Ford. There is a foreboding, there's a sadness to this piece that I believe that so many of us can understand. And with that, there certainly is sadness. But maybe, just maybe, the children don't get excited about the the malls and the the shopping and the, the the gifts and the presents and the lighted tree with man-made stuff hanging all over it. What did the tree have to do with the birth of our Lord and Savior? What did the shopping mall have to do with it? You see, everyone's forgotten those things. So many have just forgotten it. And of course, we're now being invaded by those who want us to have no memories of these things at all anyway it's the peace and the hope in the season the peace in our lives in our children's lives in our grandchildren's lives I'm not looking for forgiveness and I think most of us won't either too many of us stand for what we believe in the things that we learned as as youth oh I don't deny I've reached the point in my life that I'm tired of the marketing of the so-called holiday season. It's no longer looked upon as a holy day season. No, not at all. It's too damn commercial. Black Thursday, Black Friday, Green Monday, 
all this nonsense. It's all a big marketing ploy. The number of packages that have come to this address through Amazon makes me sick. They're hand-selected online through a paper catalog. It's not like the old days of Montgomery Wards and J.C. Penney's and Sears. No, it's not that kind of a thing. You had ties to those kind of organizations. But uh, what's his name that, that, that owns Amazon could care less. It's all about the almighty shekel, the almighty buck. Glean all we can out of the poor, foolish user who just gets wet in the pants of putting more presents under the tree than the tree itself could cover. Yeah, I've grown weary of all of that. As I get older, I have... I guess to some respects, I'm turning back to the things I learned in my youth. Before, or maybe after, Santa Claus took over. What does Santa Claus have to do with this holy day? What does Santa Claus have to do with Christ Mass? I'm not Catholic, but that's always the way I've seen the proper pronunciation of that word. So, I think we reached near the end of our time today. If I've offended you by going off on this uh, closing diatribe, I really don't care. It's not to be mean, it's not to be cruel, but it's just something to think about. Have consideration, have love, have caring for those members of your family that maybe are not in the best place in their lives right now. I've got family members going through that, but we still give them the love, we still give them the consideration. That's the best gift we can give. Forget what's in the gift of the wrapping paper with the pretty ribbons and the pretty bows. You know, it's sad nobody does Christmas carols in the desert. Well, at least not where we live, and if they did, it would all be Feliz Navidad which isn't so bad either. I will see you sometime next week. And uh, hopefully health-wise we'll be back in better shape and uh, we won't have to miss a day. I do apologize for that. But you know what? Don't ever let that stop you from calling. You've got questions about this market, what it's doing and the whys and the wherefalls. You don't fully understand the needs for gold and silver or alternative investing as it were remember this is not an investment for a wall street return it's to guarantee the return of your money when the time comes forget about the return on your money i want to make darn sure you take care of yourselves i hate to use the terms but merry christmas we'll see you next week Many people write us about their experience with Extendivite. 
Allow me to read you some from Amazon.com. It really does work like the review says it does. I cannot believe that after the first few days, I didn't feel as sluggish or clogged up. It has had a profound impact on my physical, emotional well-being. I'm skeptical as most people about products and their claims, and I never write reviews. But this is a wonderful product, and I recommend it to everyone. Great product. It has brought my blood pressure from the mid-150s over the 80s to the mid-130s over mid-80s. Along with diet and exercise in just the past couple of months. Excellent. Thank you, David. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. Call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.